All right, so welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. I'm Chase McCarthy. And uh, we are here to talk about newsy type uh, things and stuff. And uh, we are broadcasting from sunny Florida. Uh, we actually made it through the hurricane. Uh, I was actually like out of state, which was kind of kind of great. Yeah, I was down in Orlando, uh, a lot closer to where it hit. But uh, yeah, everything everything was fine. Got rained out at Disney World. Well, that's not so bad. Yeah, I, we didn't even do much of the Disney thing. We were at the uh, Elixir Comp, which was amazing. Ah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, okay, well uh, today we're gonna we have a lot of really cool stuff to talk about. So uh, let's get started. First thing we're gonna talk about is the third part of the YouTube series that we mentioned last week uh, by Gavin Joyce. So this is how to build a drum machine part three, uh, where he goes into how to get the bars, beats, and sixteenths um, put into the you know the timer component of this. Uh, so again, this is, you know, he test drives a portion of this, uh, shows how to use uh, some query params and how to make the query params update the model. So uh, interesting video. Uh, check it out. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, I, I really like the approach that he has for uh, test driving everything to really explain kind of like the rationale behind why decisions were made. So it's it's really good. And the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, a series uh, on Ember screencasts about uh, Ember change set, which is a dockyard add-on that uh, allows you to do uh, some really good stuff. We've, we've actually mentioned it before. You, you're able to, to basically proxy changes to a, to a deep clone uh, of, of a model. And then you have like save and rollback and you can do really uh, fancy things, including multi-part forms, which is really sweet. Uh, and there's a lot of really uh, cool interactions here. And uh, I think the, the, the core of Ember Change Set, like a really good introduction, they're all available as free episodes on Ember Screencasts. And the additional ones are um, like more fine grained detail. Uh, so uh, it's really neat. One of the cool things was that he, he had an entire uh, set on uh, Change Set validations, which are sometimes a little bit hard to wrap your mind around, or they can be. I've seen some ad hoc solutions that are pretty complex. And uh, you can do it really, really simply with uh, Ember Change Set. Yeah, and there's a couple things that were covered in here which are uh, pretty interesting. Uh, a video before this covered one-way inputs. Um, so if you're, you haven't had any exposure to that, that's a good introduction. Um, and then this one, you know, obviously showing the validation of those uh, one-way inputs, but also it uh, shows how to do the validation on Blur uh, to get around some, some kind of funky behavior if you have it um, on submit. Um, so check that out. And uh, he also uses extensively the Git helper, um, like sometimes nested Git helpers. So that was pretty cool to see that. Um, you know, it makes makes things a lot simpler. Yeah, well, it makes sense. You you really have to do that to do like the kind of abstractions that you need to do in in a lot of different components. Um, when you want a generic use component to make things dynamic, you have to use that Git helper. Well, I mean, you could um, you could do. He could have made a uh, the the property bound in the component, um, like made a component for that thing. And you know, actually had to expose the one thing you want, but the right. Git helper makes it so you may not even have to build a component, um, or you may not have to at minimum put it in the backing JavaScript file for the the handlebars file. So that's uh, makes it really convenient, especially if you're just kind of like trying to figure out what your API is going to look like, or what your interface is going to look like to this component. Yeah, I I really liked the usage of uh, of Git helper when he did the nested one. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. I think I I think I originally thought he was going to approach it a different way, but yeah, that was uh, much more elegant than what I was thinking originally. So that was really cool. Yeah, but Ember Change Set's a really rich add-on. It allows you to do a lot of really cool things and get around some a particularly nasty set of bugs regarding like two-way bindings and representing when the state changes of the model, so when it gets saved or persisted. Um, because uh, two-way bindings tend to kind of obscure that from the user, and this makes it very clear. 
Uh, it also kind of feels more web-like when you have that proxy and you like save and then it and then it propagates the changes to the rest of the to the to the rest of the app rather than the two-way binding. I never I never really like I mean it makes for a fancy demo, but the two-way binding thing always felt kind of weird in forms. Like when the the in information you're editing is actually also displayed somewhere else when they live update. I always felt that that was kind of weird. So uh, anyways, yeah, um, and the change set validations are, are there. It's really easy to uh, to plug in uh, the validation stuff uh, into this add-on. So I think uh, if, you're, if you're writing a lot of forms, which if you're writing web apps in Ember, you're probably writing a lot of forms, uh, it's a really good thing to reach for um, to kind of help out uh, keeping the whole didao going, going strong, didao. I like saying that word. Uh, it sounds it's a, it's a it's a little clumsy of a word. Didao. Yeah, didao. I like, I like didao, and then I'm I'm, I'm workshopping this one for uh, for two way bindings. It's nanao. Right. I don't know. Uh, you know, they're not all winners, Chase. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not infallible here. You should put together an RFC for this. Yeah, I agree. What's what's the what's the the inverse? It's not just two way bindings. That's that's very vanilla. We have didao. We need we need nanao. Um, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. Well. I think it's going into the next section. <laughs> Speaking of RFCs, there's a good uh, blog post up on Dockyard's blog about uh, the top three RFCs right now. Yeah, it's by Rowan Krishnan uh, at Dockyard, and uh, yeah, there's it's it's some long running RFCs. Um, I think it's the testing unification mod or wait, yeah, testing unification and module reunification. Which one is it? I always get them backwards. Module unification. No, wait, no. Oh, they're both unification. I thought one of them was reunification. Is testing not reunification? I think it's testing reunification. All right, we're just gonna we're just gonna say we're going to be uniting things together. Whether it be uh, a, a repeat instance, there's some union things happening. This is weird. I don't know what I'm going with. Anyways, uh, it's a really great blog post. Uh, it just summarizes a few of the RFCs that uh, that have been kind of long running. Uh, his rationale was basically like you know when you come to Ember and you're you know uh, you're like kind of getting into the the RFC process and trying to get a beat on the the heartbeat of the ecosystem you you you're going to run into these things and like you want to know what's what's coming up down the pipeline uh, just kind of seeing what's happening and um, these are the three that are like these very outstanding uh, RFCs that are kind of like big goals for the entire ecosystem over the next year probably um, and that's like routable components and then the testing and module unification RFCs so um, I really I really enjoyed the the summary of him of them. Uh, we have a few episodes uh, of our own uh, podcast here that kind of cover them a little bit a little bit more discussion. And the obviously the RFCs have a great discussion attached to them. So um, we'll try to post some links in for those. So that if you want to read a little bit more, but this is a really good way to get kind of a broad view, like the ten thousand foot uh, view of what's going on. Yeah, it's definitely something that uh, you don't get in all open source communities. Uh, and I really appreciate that Ember has these kind of RCs that are, you know, long run discussions. Like, I mean, some of these are, you know, years in the making. I know the, uh, the first, they mentioned the first writable components was like 2015. Um, so, uh, you know, there's work been, they've been put into that, you know, for that last year. So you think about how long this has been going and it's something they're pushing toward, but when they, as soon as they get, um, some feedback, they incorporate it and it's, uh, it's amazing to see. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, there's there's just a lot of uh, there's just a lot of really interesting um, aspects to the community that to, to the Ember community that uh, that kind of set it apart. And I think the RFC process is definitely one of them. Uh, and you're right. Uh, this isn't like these RFCs are are sitting stagnant. Uh, instead, they're actually being uh, compartmentalized. So 
for instance, uh, the rendering engine uh, had to be changed in order to like unblock the routable components RFC. So they're really being broken down into smaller, smaller chunks so that they're more approachable, even though Glimmer, that, that was a pretty um, colossal effort. But yeah, I mean, it's the, the RFC process is really interesting. And, uh, and you're, you're exactly right. I think that just having that insight into what's going on uh, with the people who are actually shaping uh, you know, the direction uh, and have that be kind of a community process is, uh, is super valuable. And I think, you know, once again, something that sets it apart. Uh, yeah. And the last thing we want to mention uh, real quick is that uh, Glimmer, and this kind of ties into our last, com uh, <clears throat> and this kind of ties into our last section. Uh, Glimmer uh, 2 is now enabled by default in Canary builds as of, I think, six days ago. Wow. That's, yeah, they had that, they had that alpha branch, which I, the, the alpha release uh, stream, but I think that they, they didn't want that to be a permanent thing. They wanted that just so that they could really like start hammering on the glimmer stuff and really see compatibility. Uh, but it's on Canary now, so it's actually in the proper release channel. So I think at a two week, I think it's two week cadence for the uh, non long-term, uh, support stuff. So if it's two week cadence, that's like six weeks out from standard. If, if everything goes, you know, if the stars align. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the release cycle stuff is a, a little bit hard for me to understand, but I'm pretty sure that's about right. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% certain, but uh, but yeah, it, it means that it's it's in the pipeline now to get pushed out and compatibility is such that there shouldn't be too much friction. I think the idea here and, uh, you know, from the lessons learned from Glimmer 1, I think the, the idea here was to make this really, really frictionless uh, if possible. And uh, and. I think they are succeeding. I've heard a few add-ons already uh, check out uh, their support for the new rendering engine, and it's uh, it's it seems all positive. I haven't I haven't seen anything uh, too crazy uh, show up yet. So um, hopeful that it yeah, it's like a smooth like transition, and we just get a lot of uh, unlocked uh, possibilities with Glimmer Two. Yeah, looking forward to you know checking it out and seeing no change in in my apps. <laughs> Yeah. Because well, I mean, uh, I think that I think it unlocks a couple of the the RFCs, so the routable components can resume some stuff there, and uh, I think that it it optimizes better for yeah the first startup or the first render. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not 100 certain. These are these are things that I really need to like investigate. Uh, maybe do some benchmark like some some personal benchmarks just to kind of get a feel for like what what's going to change. I think right now they're they're focusing on maximum compatibility, and then they're going to try to tune it later for to, to squeeze out the, the performance gains that they anticipate. Yeah, well, you know, you know how it goes. It takes time. Um, yeah, so so check it out and uh, click the little uh, the little explodey tada emoji on the RFC, which is cool. You can add reactions now. I really dig that. Uh, and you know, like uh, follow up and see if you're compatible. If you have add on, uh, if you're an add on author, it, it's, I don't, I know for a fact that it would be helpful to test to make sure you're compatible. Um, and if you're, if you have an application and you're able to push it up to, uh, the canary branch, uh, now is a really good time to, you know, experiment with that and make sure everything's good and report bugs upstream so that they can be fixed, uh, throughout the next, uh, few weeks while uh, this gets moved down the pipeline. All right, so uh, thanks for sticking with us to the end. Uh, we're always looking for good feedback, so if you'd like to reach out to us, you can uh, hit us up at uh, Ember Weekend on Twitter, uh, or you can hit me up at uh, Rondale underscore SC and uh, chase your code 0100 fun. Yep, that's uh, you know, Chase McCarthy, code 0100 fun. 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, if you want to uh, keep following along with us, um, you can always subscribe uh, via RSS. Our RSS uh, feed is at emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. And, uh, and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. See you next week.